All right, guys, really excited for this episode with human performance specialist PJ Nessler. If you're early in your career, if you have ambitious dreams you're chasing and you're struggling up that mountain that you have to climb, give this one a listen. I guarantee that PJ's advice is really going to help you out. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Momentum Podcast. This is your host, Tom Alamo. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Tommy Tahoe. And this podcast is focused for millennial personal development, right? I think in order to get to the next level uh, of wealth, of uh, relationships, of your health and wellness and your career and, and everything good, you need three things. You need a dogged, unrelenting work ethic. You need a really positive attitude. And you need just a little bit of momentum, which is forward motion with energy. And so I'm hoping that this show, the, what I do on YouTube with the blog, everything can be that little spark of momentum for you. I hope it can be it for me. I don't have all the answers. In fact, I don't have any of the answers. Uh, that's what I'm seeking out with all of the guests and everything that I'm diving into. So I'm really grateful that you're joining me on this journey. I'm excited for you know everything that we got going on. Uh, if you'd like to learn more, head on over to millennialmomentum.net. I mentioned where you can find me on social media, very active on Instagram and Twitter. And you know, if you like what you hear, the best way you can support is to share any of this content with a friend, um, or you can go to iTunes or wherever you listen to this and leave a quick review, subscribe. It helps so much to get this message out. And, you know, I just know there's a lot of negativity out there. There's a lot of tough things going on with politics and news and all this stuff. And, you know, I just want to spread a positive message. And I do this all outside of my full time job. So thanks again for listening. Uh, I want to get into what today's episode is all about. And, I get to interview PJ Nessler. He's a human performance specialist. So, you know, over the past 10 years, PJ has trained dozens of professional athletes. Um, and really, what his focus has been recently is in the world of, um, you know, martial arts. And he's dealt with several Brazilian jiu jitsu world champions, uh, a few top 10 ranked UFC fighters. And he helps them with their human performance and trying to get them in shape. So when that top 10 ranked UFC fighter has to step into the octagon against someone else and their whole goal is to, you know, beat the living hell out of the other guy across the ring from him, you know, PJ is the guy that prepares that guy uh, for that fight. And he's also the director of performance at XPT Life, which was founded by famous surfer Laird Hamilton and professional uh, volleyball player Gabby Reese. So, you know, you're probably familiar with both of them. And, you know, PJ has this mantra that he lives by. He says, don't talk about it, be about it. Right. And that, you know, it makes sense. It sounds pretty badass, but I had to dig for like, what do you mean by that, PJ? So um, we get into a lot of the conversation around that mantra. And it's not just a saying. It's not just something that he writes down or that he reads. It's it's his it's the way he lives everything in his life. He says if he makes a commitment, he's going to keep it. If he sets a goal, he's going to figure out a way to do it. If he says he's going to be somewhere, he's going to help his neighbor out. He's going to show up to this event. It does not matter how badly he does not want to do it when the time comes. He makes it happen, and he's known as someone that that gets the job done. And you know, I asked him point blank. What separates these people, these top 10 fighters in the world, you know, the Lairds, the Gabbies, all these people from, you know, the ones that he coaches that that don't work out and that don't win and that don't get to their goal. And, you know, a big piece of what he's saying is doing the little things and doing the job and being able to be perfectionist and hold yourself accountable for the smallest of details. If you say you're going to write a certain amount of pages a day, you write it. If you're going to make that many calls, you make them. If you're going to run those miles, you don't stop at 4.9 miles. You get to the five, maybe you go 5.1. And you know, so his goal there is helping athletes and coaches reach their full potential. So you know, we had a great conversation, really connected with PJ around 
you know, the struggle that it takes early in your career. And that's why I said, if you're early in your career, this is a great listen for those people that, um, you know, you have to f- climb up the mountain and you don't get that vice president job. You don't get that, you know, million dollar paycheck. You don't get the six pack abs or whatever it may be overnight. It takes a long time. And he, you know, that's how we start the conversation. And, you know, PJ is in a great position now, but it always, it wasn't always that way. So, um, he does a great job paying that picture, the grind, the hustle. He clearly loves what he does. He's great at it. Um, and so I'm excited for you to hear this conversation right now with human performance specialist, PJ Nestler. All right, PJ Nestler, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm excited to talk through uh, you know, what you're doing and, and your past. And maybe it'd be helpful to start with a little bit of a background if you could tell people how you got into you know, the performance world and, and the whole world of athletics. Sure. Um, I've been passionate about fitness and training athletics since I was in like middle school. Uh, it was always my passion, my pastime. So that was something I was always into, but I actually went to college for business because I wasn't really uh, sure that there was a career path in fitness. Uh, I didn't really just want to be a personal trainer. So I went to college for business and then I ended up actually playing football my sophomore year of college at the university of Rhode Island and working with a strength and conditioning coach there. And that's where I saw that there was this really cool avenue in the fitness realm where you can work with athletes and work at a college and and make a real career out of it so um, i kind of switched everything over from then and and it's been that was 2005 and uh, it's been full force ever since that's pretty much all i've immersed myself into i actually graduated a a degree in psychology uh, as well as kinesiology so i was kind of two-pronged approach there and in psychology still a big passion of mine as well but um since 2005, it's pretty much been all geared towards training athletes for the first eight to nine years of my career. That's pretty much all I did. Um, and everything was about training athletes in, in different realms from college strength and conditioning and then moving out to California and working in uh, the private sector at, at a few private facilities, working with all different athletes. Uh, and then I started to transition a few years ago in as I was running a few facilities, I, I worked my way into management positions and my job then became hiring and training interns, coaches. Uh, and really what I saw was lacking was was systems to teach these people. So that's something that I just started creating was systems of, on how to train athletes and how to run tr- right training programs and just kind of how I did everything that I did. And that kind of started to gear me towards the education side of things. I really enjoyed helping people and, and helping coaches and teaching teaching people uh, kind of the things that were going on in my head that I found to be really effective with athletes. And uh, my career just started transitioning more and more into education. And then um, about a year and a half ago, I after I quit my job two, two years ago uh, to start my own kind of education and mentorship business, um, I jumped, I got picked up by XPT. Uh, and they were really looking to take this really cool business they had uh, that was these experiential retreats that I'm sure we'll get into later and turn it into a, an education curriculum for coaches and trainers. So uh, that's what they hired me to do. And I was kind of doing that on, on my own for my own business at the exact same time. So it was just a, a perfect kind of matchup situation. And, and now I've been full force in XPT ever since. And that's where I am now. I want to get into the XPT and I want to get into, you know, everything that you've doing and, and, and all of the professional athletes you've worked with over the years. But how about like the first few years when you were discovering this passion and uh, you didn't use the word, but it seems like it's almost an obsession for you in a good way. That's really helped you become so great at it. How did you, what were some of those first jobs out of college you had where you kind of had to cut your teeth and, and learn the, the business a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely an obsession for me. And my first probably five years in the industry were a nightmare. Um, I worked for some really, really shitty people who were, I was really mistreated. I was overworked. I was, um, just really not, uh, I was somebody I'm, I'm so curious and I just wanted to learn. I was seeking education and seeking mentorship. And I just wasn't able to find that in a lot of my early jobs. Um, I was just kind of treated as this 
as a means to an end. Um, mm-hmm. I look at that as a kind of a blessing in disguise. So I, I started off at, at the University of Rhode Island in the strength and conditioning department just as a paid intern. Um, I was making a thousand dollars a month before taxes. So pretty much Jesus. by the time I was paying my bills, I, I was making like negative $220 a month for the <laughs> months I worked there. Um, but I just, and I was working 80 to a hundred hours a week, seven days a week, um, in this department. But I, I look back and I think I was really lucky in some of those roles because I worked for university of Rhode Island and we were severely understaffed. So I was working as an assistant, I was only a paid intern supposed to be working 25 hours a week, but I was really working as an assistant strength coach and really working like two assistant strength coaches at the same time. Uh, but because I was kind of forced and then when I moved to California, I jumped into a facility where again, I was not making any money. I was working crazy hours and, uh, I was forced into positions where things weren't really my role but I had to just take them on anyway because we didn't have anybody else doing them. Uh, but then looking back, I think by the time I started transitioning into management positions, I realized that number one, I got a lot of opportunities that I probably wouldn't have gotten because I had already done a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing by that age. So, you know, by the time I was 25, 26, I had already been running a division one strength and conditioning uh, program. I had already been running sports performance facilities just because nobody else was really doing them. And I think that helped really shape me into being the kind of boss leader manager that I wanted to be, because I didn't want to be any of those people that I had worked for. So that really helped me and, and kind of geared. I, I think that's what pushed me towards education is again, I was, I was seeking a mentor forever and I really just wanted to learn. I was super passionate about this industry and I didn't have a lot of people. I was lucky to find some mentors, not where I worked, uh, that kind of helped guide me, but that's what I wanted to be for the people who worked for me. And I just told myself I would never be like those people. So, uh, I think it was some of those anti mentors that really shaped me into who I am now. Yeah. I love that, man. I mean, I think a lot of people coming out of school, you know, you have these ambitions for what you think your job's going to be. And then you get there and you realize what your job is. And it's not like that at all. A lot of times and that dream job you want, you know, it takes decades to get there usually. So, I think it's a it's a good lesson for people going through that struggle. Like sometimes you just got to push through the tough time, like the shitty times. There's no mentor. You're not like what was going through your mind there? Did you ever think like, hey man, maybe I maybe I chose the wrong route. I should get into business and I'll, I'll make more money or I'll go to a different school to try to try you know see if there's going to be a mentor there or were you just kind of heads down pushing through knowing it was going to work out? Pretty much every six to nine months, I was debating getting out of the industry because I was. Mm-hmm just hated where I was and the people I was working with. And I just, you know, had to push through a couple more months and then things changed just enough to keep me there. Um, and then even moving to California, I, I was struggling to pay my bills. I was seeing my friends who were working just regular sales jobs and making two to three times the income I was making working half the hours. And, and I didn't consider, you know, again, this was my passion. And I was, I had friends who didn't, they couldn't care less about their job and they were still making three times the money I was and they were, you know, they, they were 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then they're checked out where I was home reading research studies on the weekends and, and really just obsessed with this. So I really considered myself to be uh, more passionate and, and, and kind of more all into what I did. But the return just wasn't there for a really long time. And I, I really struggled for a while thinking maybe I should do something else. Um, and I think I was lucky enough to just grind it out a few more months and then something enough, just enough would happen to keep me there. Um, whether that was an opportunity financially or whether that was just something that sparked my passion again and, and kind of led me down a different path. Um, but I'm, I'm really grateful that I, I obviously didn't jump out of that. Yeah. And I think that goes to, I saw somewhere your, your mantra is, or one of them is, you know, don't talk about it, be about it. And if you want to be the best, like you got to put in the hours, you got to put in the work, you got to go through some of those tough times. Can you maybe elaborate on that mantra and what that means to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that kind of came about. Um, it used to be something I would just kind of jokingly say with my athletes. And then it actually really started to hit home for me as I started building my own business. And I started working with a lot of people I, I was for a while I was running a handful of sports performance facilities and I was working with 
the owners and, and people who I just assumed would be really high level than what they did. And uh, I started working with marketing companies and just everybody that I was working with was so agreeable and then just never following through. And I just noticed that like all of these people that I was interacting with were like promising one thing and then they wouldn't follow through and then they would get something done late. And it just started really, it was frustrating me. And I kind of at one point just took a stand in my own head and said, look, I'm never going to be that person. I'm going to be the kind of person that if I tell you, I'm going to be on your podcast at six o'clock and be on your podcast at six o'clock. I'm going to get that paper to you. I don't care if it's something that I shouldn't have said yes to. If I told my neighbor that I'm going to write him a training program and then I get overwhelmed with work stuff and it's 12 o'clock at night and I just want to go to bed in my head, I'm like, I don't want to be that person who has an excuse tomorrow for why I didn't get it done. So I'm going to stay up and get it done for the next two hours. Uh, and I think that that's something because I started kind of really living by that mantra, I think it's really separated me in a lot of situations where uh, I just, yeah, I, I'm positive that it separated me from from other people because I know a lot of people don't don't live like that, and they certainly don't always live like that. You know, I think some people have integrity in in certain situations, but you know, if you can't look yourself in the mirror every single day and say that you have fulfilled the promises that you made. And, and what I started doing actually a lot is saying no to people because I realized like, I'm not going to be the guy who just says yes. Like, yeah, I'll come to the party this weekend. And then even though I have no intention of doing it because it's just easier to say yes, I, I never wanted to be that person either. Cause I just think it's a, I think it's very rare to find people who say what they're going to do and actually get it done versus like, you know, you hear the term talk is cheap all the time, but yeah. it is. And I'm in the fitness industry. So I work with athletes. I, everybody who comes in says they want to be a world champion fighter. They want to be this. They want to be that. And, and you know, nine out of ten of them are full of crap because they really don't want to put the work in. They just want to – they just say that stuff. It's just lip service because it makes them feel good. Um, so that was just not something I wanted to be. So that was kind of the motto that really stuck. A lot of my higher-level athletes really started – living by that mantra as well and then um became kind of a mantra of my business i've I actually have it tattooed on my forearm now just to remind me that's awesome it's cool that it's it's very black and white too it's like if you say you're going to do it you commit you're doing it um and it you know like you said it limits the amount of things you say yes to but there's no doubting in your head or there might be doubting but there's no real like wiggle room there it's like i'm just not doing that or i am doing that because i said i was going to i'm not going to call it off so um, it takes a lot of discipline too to build up over the years. I'm, I'm sure that um, you, to actually follow through with all that. Yeah, and, and I think that that has helped me. You know, I think it's built that discipline because, like you said, it is black and white. There's no, there is no gray area. Like, well, I could kind of. You know, another thing that I really believe in is that anything worth doing is worth doing well. So mm -hmm. I'm also not gonna. If I said I'm gonna do it. I've had times when I'm writing that training program for somebody for free who I know is probably not going to do it. And I'm like, you know what? All right, let's just put something together because I just, you know, what it doesn't really matter. But I know, hey, this is a training program going out there with my logo on the corner. So yeah, it'll be top quality. And I, you know, probably have wasted tons and tons of hours building things for people and doing things for people that have never, uh, never really been utilized. But I think that those hours haven't really been wasted because it's helped build that discipline in me. Um, and I think that that's, again, really helped me to do some some really uh, cool stuff as well. But it's that lonely work and it's doing that that stuff when no one's looking and when no one really cares about it or you're doing that late night program for your neighbor that that's what tips the scale. Like you never know when that one program is going to go to the right person at the right time. And then it opens this major door for you. and. Um, you know, I think that just speaks to consistency for, you know, you've mentioned since 2005. So for 13 years of just do, putting in the work day in and day out and, you know, luck will tend to find you when you're putting in the work the right way. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think those late nights and those hours, I, for me, I, I love that stuff. I thrive on it. I, I actually enjoy working on the weekends. Sometimes I'll, I work from home now. I have a flexible schedule. Sometimes I will take a Tuesday off because I taught a course all weekend and then, when I'm making up for that Tuesday, the following Saturday, something in my mind just makes, I feel better about it. I feel like I get more done because I know that everyone else is not working. And yeah. 
even though maybe I took that Tuesday off and it all comes out in the wash, I just, when I, when I'm doing something that I know a lot of other people aren't doing, I think that that's all that that's constantly giving me that just that one step advantage. And, and I've been doing that for, for 10, 13 years. So I think that that's helped me get some positions that, uh, there was a long time that I, I thought I was lucky to get some opportunities when I was really young. And I had a mentor who, who told me, um, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And, you know, he was like that you, you were, there was some luck here that you were, you had this opportunity that came in front of you, but there's eight other coaches at that facility who could have had the same opportunity, but they haven't put in this past six years of preparation. So when that pro athlete walked in the door and just, you got lucky that that guy wanted to train with you. Well, that was because you spent six years preparing yourself for that moment so that you could actually deliver a high quality product. Yeah. And, and there's nothing like you're, you're right on like, whether it's working or you get an early morning workout or you're working on a Sunday or a Saturday or whatever it is. And just being like, you know, no one, you, you just think about like, you know, Kobe in the gym, like no one's with him at, you know, 4 a.m. shooting free throws. Like no one else is doing this right now. And they might be doing, you know, some people are the high level people, but it really is a great way to separate. And it kind of gives you that extra burst and like kind of fires you up a little bit. And I'm, I'm getting fired up just talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what we talk about a lot when we do the ice bath. Uh, I have an ice bath in my garage and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later too. But when sometimes we jump in there and people ask me like, why are you doing this? I'm like, cause nobody else is. Cause other people aren't. <laughs> and that's, that's part of it. There's other benefits to it, but a big part of it for me is I look at it and I think, I don't want to do that right now. And then as soon as I get in, I think, all right, I don't want to stay in here for the full five minutes. I think I'm just going to do like one minute today. And those thoughts, you know, uh, Joe Rogan calls that your inner bitch. And <laughs> I love it. That comes out and you have, every time you conquer that, it builds you stronger, more resilient. Um, so when you force yourself to face that every single time, you know, same thing at the gym when you're like, uh, I'm tired. I'm not going to do that extra set. When when you override that thought process and you consistently do that every single day in everything, not just exercise, uh, I think that that plays out in a lot of areas in your life. Tell me you know who David Goggins is. Of course. I was just having a conversation about him this morning, or actually this afternoon when I was in the sauna. Callousing the mind. That's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> he just posted a video the other day. It was exactly that. He was he said the reason he was up running at 3.30 or 4 in the morning was because everyone else was sleeping. I saw that. I was like, that's it. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah, he's epic. That's that's unreal. And so, you know, this discipline, the mantra, it's led you to some great things and you're doing some cool things at, uh, at XBT. And you've dealt with, you've worked with, you know, Laird Hamilton, Gabby Reese, professional MMA, uh, professional athletes. What do a lot of these athletes have in common that you think that like make them stand out? Why are they the best in the world? Uh, yeah, there's a, that's a great question. There's a few things. Um, some of the stuff that I've noticed, the people around XPT, the people like Laird, Gabby, and the people they surround themselves with who are all A-list celebrities or CEOs, just very, very successful people. Uh, but they're not celebrities to be celebrities. They're that, you know, you meet these people and what I've started to realize is they all have a, a a few really big things in common. One of them is a, is a passion for pushing themselves outside their comfort zone and a curiosity for learning, exploring, uh, you know, developing new things, whether it's their own physical health and fitness, they're always talking about the newest book. I mean, none of these people work in the fitness industry, but they're, they've read half the nutrition books I've read. And, uh, you know, they're very, very in tune with, um, they just have this kind of curiosity. So that's, that's one thing I've noticed with, with those people. And then something I noticed with my athletes is there are two really main things I noticed with that, that kind of separated the people I've worked with a few athletes who are multiple time world champion, black belt, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world champions, top 10 UFC fighters, um, a handful of professional athletes in, in multiple sports. And even the professionals, the, the guys and girls who are the elite of the elite, you know, not just because they're in the NFL, but the ones that I've noticed who just have that little extra, the thing that the two, two biggest things I've noticed with them is an obsessive attention to detail. Mm. So just the, you know, they, they want to get every little thing right. And they, they pay attention to all the little details. 
So not just coming in and working really hard, but like making sure every rep was done right. You know, I have a, I have a lot of athletes and I notice that they'll do something and they'll be counting and they'll do four, five, six. And I'm like, okay, good. And then they'll do two more. I didn't, two of those reps weren't that good. Like in their mind, they're perfectionists and they want to make mm. sure that every single detail is executed properly. Uh, and it carries over into the rest of their lives too. Um, they're very, very detail oriented people. And then the second thing would be, and they kind of go together would be just what we talked about. I noticed that they have that discipline to make sure everything is done right and to make sure they hold themselves accountable. So okay. for example, and this is something that I, I talked about with my roommate, we were just doing a work, a circuit and we were exercising and it was like a 30 second interval. And what I noticed is I had this timer that would count down three, two, one at the end of each round and then it would beep. And what I noticed is every time it started to count down, he would stop at the beginning of the countdown. And in my mind, again, that inner bitch creeps in and that you start to you hear that beep, 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 and you stop there because you know it's almost done versus those super elite people, they work until the bell. They run and they touch, you know, we run sprints and they touch the line. They don't stop an inch before the line. They don't slow down before they get through. They run past the line. And I think, again, all of those little things, that one extra yard, that one extra rep, that stuff starts to add up physically, but then mentally having that discipline to hold yourself accountable every time. It's something that I tell myself because I catch myself all the time. I was just at the gym today pushing the sled and I noticed I stopped on two of my reps about a yard and a half shy of where the line was. And I caught myself and I went back and I finished the thing. And I was like, no, finish every single rep across that line. Um, and that's something that I've noticed that separates the, the super, super elite, like the, the 1% of the 1% from the other professionals that I've trained. And certainly from the, the uh, kind of regular people who are not in that uh, elite category. So, you mentioned earlier that, you know, a lot of athletes come to you and they're kind of talking the talk and they say they want to be the best and they, they don't put in the work. And you've also seen the 1% of the 1% that, that do put in the work. They put, they do everything. Do you think that is your philosophy that you can coach that first group to get to that second piece or did, is that just internal? And like, if you don't have it and you don't want it bad enough, like there's just nothing that certain people can do to get them there. I think the answer is a little bit of both. Uh, you know, there there are certain people who don't have that internal motivation, and if they, I think they can be coached to help find it. Uh, I don't know if that's always the job of a performance coach. I think sometimes it's a sports psychologist or a, a counselor, a therapist, a, a, a mentor. I, I, you know, I don't know exactly who that person is because you never know who's going to help it click for them. But if they're not really intrinsically motivated, and if they really if all they care about it, you know, they want to be a world champion because they they want to have the medals and put a post it on their Instagram, they're not going to show up every day and do the work. You know, they're not. When you realize how much work goes into that, uh, they're just they're not going to be hold, able to hold themselves accountable. They're not going to wake up at four a.m. and do the stuff when no one else is watching because they really don't have that internal drive. And I don't think I don't think that can be coached. I think you can help people connect with that find what that passion is. Um, but I, I honestly, I, I also think that not everybody is born with that. I don't, yeah. I, I wouldn't, if you had looked at me when I was 14, you wouldn't have said that I had that, you know, I, I wasn't, I loved the training process and everything, but I wasn't some freak athlete in high school who was, uh, I mean, I was in the gym every day because that's what I love doing, but I don't think that you would have looked at me as a teenager and thought that I was going to have this kind of undying, obsession. Um, whereas, you know, that's what I think a lot of those athletes have is, is an obsession. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that it, it can be completely coached. I think you can help bring it out of some people. I think you can help strengthen it in some people, but there are people who just innately have that, that fire to be the best at what they do. And, uh, I don't think that that can be taught to everybody. You know, you certainly can't just walk in the door and say, Hey, PJ, I, really want you to teach me how to be as passionate and disciplined and, and everything as, as this, you know, seven time world champion, right. even though I can't even like stick to a, a normal three day workout program or I can't even get
get myself to not eat a cheeseburger every day at lunch. Yeah. I mean, that, that sticks out. Like I, I'm a big Patriots fan. And I was watching Tom versus time documentary series. And like, that is so glaringly obvious when you watch someone like that, who's clearly, I mean, you know, maybe the best of all time to do it probably is. I mean, he's just sitting there with his smoothie watching tape for five, six, seven hours, not getting out of his chair. And no one's telling him to do that. He's not doing that for the camera. It's just like, that's just what he does. And for me, it just seems like something that you got to find it internally somehow. Um, and it seems like you've done that for yourself. Like you, I think you mentioned the life mission is helping athletes and coaches realize their potential. I mean, that's crisp, that's clean. And it just seems like something that you just wake up every day thinking about and go to sleep thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I agree with you on like Tom Brady is a, is a great example because he's, he's obsessed. He's obsessed with what he does. And, and it's not necessarily, maybe it's not an obsession with wanting to be the best ever. It's just an obsession with this, the game. And he just watches tape. He, he just does more than everybody else does consistently over, you know, decades. And it shows on the field. And, and of course he's got some, some talents, but you know, he's a great example because he wasn't, a phenomenal player when he was younger. He wasn't some like freak show when he was eight years old and has just been that way his whole life. So uh, I think it's a, he's a really, really good example. Yeah. That's, I mean, just talking about all these guys just is really getting me fired up right now. I'm going to put in some sort of late night session tonight now. Um, so let's talk about XPT a little bit. So you, you mentioned you left, you left your job about two years ago. Um, to do your own thing and then got pick up, picked up and started teaming and collabing with some of the folks at XPT. How, how exactly did that happen? And um, what's what's a little bit behind, you know, the mission of the organization, what you guys are focused on? Sure. So it's actually a cool story how that happened because I I was really unhappy with the role I had. I was comfortable in my position. I had a decent salary. I was managing three performance facilities um, I was pretty flexible in my, what I was doing, but I just wasn't, I didn't feel like I was growing and I didn't feel like I was challenged. Uh, everybody from the company owner to my interns were all coming to me for answers. So I felt like I didn't want to be the, the big fish in a small pond anymore. Um, and I, I was kind of, I wanted to step outside of my comfort zone because I knew that I just didn't want to be there six years from now. So I was kind of still building my own business at the same time. And also I was frustrated with things not being executed at the same levels that I expected and, and things being out of my control. So that's another big reason I wanted to start my own thing because I wanted, I wanted to work with people who had that same discipline and passion and ambition and, and attention to detail. So anyway, long story short, I, I just kind of, a lot of people told me to, to wait and find a next another job. My dad was really worried about me. I, you know, a lot of people were really worried about me, but I just said, I, I've got to just go. I, I have to see if I can make this work. And I just got to um, burn the boats. My, my business partner and I had that. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that uh, story from, have you heard that analogy, burn the boats? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So we, that was one thing that we always talked about and we were just like, I got to cut the safety net out and I've just got to, see if I can sink or swim. So I did that and I started building this business and literally the, the business started because I had a few people who were interested in doing internships with me back at the old facility. And I told them I wasn't doing, I wasn't at the facility anymore. And I was just training a handful of athletes and figuring out my next step. And they said they were interested in still in, in interning with me, but I wasn't running a facility anymore where I had hours. So I said, well, we could still do an education program the same as I used to do my 12 week internship uh, but instead of volunteering 20 hours a week with me, you'll, you would pay. And then we'll still meet once a week and do like what I used to do with my education for our internship. Uh, but I just didn't have 20 hours a week of work to give people. And I had two guys who said, okay, I'm in. So I nice. decided to build a mentorship program on top of that. I said, okay, it'll, it starts in six weeks. And I spent 15 hours a day for six straight weeks building an, a mentorship program writing a manual that came out to be, I think, 90 pages or so, uh, 10 weeks of, of PowerPoint presentations and all kinds of different stuff and curriculums. And it was uh, it was a little bit crazy. I don't think I talked to anybody or saw anybody for, for a few months. But 
I launched this intern, this mentorship program and it went great. I had a great feedback. Of course it was the first one. So I made a lot of mistakes that I learned from, um, but I made a bunch of money from it. And I had, I had students who were super interested in learning and I kind of decided that I really wanted to work with, I wanted to do that for facilities. I started reaching out to some big companies. I was talking with UFC gym. I was talking with the facility I trained out of and I wanted to, kind of partner up with some of them and develop their training curriculums. I, I had a, a good friend and kind of a mentor who had just done it for lifetime athletic and they paid him like a half a million dollars or something to, to write this curriculum. And I was like, I actually wrote down, I, I, I created a certificate of completion at the beginning of 2017. Uh, and it, I marked it, po I marked it for June 1st, 2017. I said, uh, you will, or congrats. It was like, congratulations. You are now, a fitness educator for a leading fitness brand. And then I was working with Equinox and I was really trying to get something going. And then all of a sudden stuff started falling through. And I kind of was like, I didn't really have much potential on the horizon. Uh, come June, you know, June 1st came and went and I was like, uh, well, that didn't really work out. And then I think it was like June 24th, I got a call from a guy. It was actually a text message just said, Hey, I work for a company called XPT. I had known his wife. I, I used to train. So he's a one of the investors in XBT and his wife is a really high level Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Her family, her family lineage is like the founders of Brazilian Gracie Jiu Jitsu. So I had trained her and her brother and a handful of Jiu Jitsu athletes in the area. So he had known of me uh, and he reached out, just wanted to talk to me about XBT. We had a few conversations and then it turned out they were looking for a director of performance to basically do exactly what I had just been doing for the past six months. Um, and I, so when I had my first meeting with them, I brought in my manual and I showed them the curriculum I'd created. And they were like, this is, this is exactly what we're trying to build. Uh, so That's awesome. Yeah, it was perfect. You know, and it was looking back, I, I think I officially signed with them in, in July, mid July. So looking back, it's kind of funny how that worked out. And as soon as I didn't have any potentials for gyms, you know, what, what I thought my career path was going to be to get me to that fitness educator is not actually what it, what it ended up being. Uh, but it all worked out great. And XPT, when I, my first day with XPT, they sent me up to Laird's house uh, and I got thrown into the, the fire with Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese and the people who do their intense pool training First thing we did is jump in the sauna and we sat in Laird's 220 degree barrel sauna for probably 30 minutes. And I was sitting talking to Laird face to face as he's telling me about how XPT evolved. I thought I was going to pass out the whole time. <laughs> you can't pass out. And all I'm thinking is he does this every day. There's no way he's going to, like, he's not going to get out and I can't get right. out right now. So I stayed in there. Then we went and jumped in the ice bath and like the ch that crazy change in temperature. I got so lightheaded. I was sitting in the ice bath and all I was thinking is there's no way I'm staying in here for, for three minutes. Like my feet are, I feel like they're going to explode. And that was, that was just the beginning. And then we jumped into the <laughs> pool and we started doing this pool training where you just basically feel like you're going to drown the entire time and you just start panicking. And it was, it was a pretty intense job interview. Um, yeah. But I left and I was just like, wow, this is not only are these people amazing, uh, you know, just their thought process. I sat in the sauna at the end of the session and it was it was me and Laird and a handful of their friends who are um, very well-known celebrities and, and just listening to these people talk. I didn't say a word for probably 25 minutes. And I was just like, I need to be a part of this company just to be a fly on the wall with yeah. these people because I think I can learn so much. Um, and, and XPT's mission is really what well, we state our mission as we're, we're trying to help people be the most versatile and resilient human beings possible. Mm. Whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually, uh, you know, it's, it's a combination of all of those things, but that's really what we're, we're trying to help people become. And we're doing that through a few different avenues. One of them is really consumer driven. You know, we have these workshops and these experiences, which are really designed for people to jump in and immerse themselves in this XPT life, see what it's all about, push themselves out of their comfort zone, uh, learn some techniques that they can implement into their life to help them. You know, XPT stands for extreme performance training. And we, excuse me, we define extreme performance as operating at the absolute highest levels of your potential 
in whatever performance means to you. It might mean your day job or being a father or being an elite athlete or a recreational athlete on the weekends, whatever performance means to you. Uh, you know, extreme performance doesn't mean you have to be Laird Hamilton surfing 50 foot waves or Gabby Reese playing Olympic volleyball. Uh, you know, it could just be that you want to be the absolute best at what you do or, or whatever that is. So that that's really what we were kind of trying to aiming to help people do. That's awesome, man. That's a crazy job interview story. Um, but he's just testing <laughs> testing your will a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they wanted to see if I was uh, if I had the mindset to be a part of this company. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that that's what they they were wanting to see. So luckily, I, I passed it. I passed the trial by fire. So what are the what are some of the things that you know? I'm not a professional athlete by any means, but I do like to get after a little bit with you know whether it's running or, or CrossFit or doing a Spartan race or something like that. Um, and, but a lot of my focus is more so on the professional side. Like what are some of the tactics, whether it's, I see, I see some of the stuff you do with like breath work or whether it's uh, mindset training or uh, recovery, like what are some of the things that like the everyday Joe can take and use to a different part of their life? Yeah, really the pillars of XPT are, are breathe, move, recover. So mm -hmm. It's really a holistic lifestyle system. We, breathing is the foundation behind everything we do. And, and we teach so much different breath work. I mean, I always talk about breathing. I, I got this quote from somebody else, but it, he's, um, they say that breathing is the remote control to the, the mind. And mm. you really, you know, if uh, another thing I learned from a martial arts instructor a long time ago is if you don't control your breath, it's going to control you. And you can really use the breath to optimize it. It's such a low-hanging fruit because anybody can do it anywhere. And you can optimize your health, your performance, your longevity just using breath. You can change your emotional states. You can reduce anxiety and depression and like all kinds of crazy stuff that we're popping pills left and right to do. And you can yeah. do things with simple breathing techniques. So the breath, the breathing stuff that we do, I think is awesome. And it's definitely the newest it's the new wave, like the new paradigm of performance. Breathing and recovery is really, really at, talked about at the highest levels right now in elite performance. And usually that's where things start. And then they'll trickle down. And, the, you know, 10 years from now, all the average Joes will be doing a lot of those things that the elite athletes and elite military units are, are already doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the elite executives, CEOs, like those people have such a similar mindset with elite athletes. Those are the people who are attracted to our programs. Most of the people who come to our stuff are just that. They're, they're just type A CEOs, executives, weekend warriors, and they come and they, they're looking to optimize their health and their performance. Um, so breathing is a big part of it. Ooh. Do you have any – for breathing, do you have any uh, recommendations for like books or – videos or articles or like guides for that I'm, I'm very interested in that yeah absolutely i'd say one of the best books for breathing i'll give you two because there's there's one if, if you're just interested in kind of exploring a little bit about breath work not super into reading a ton of really uh dense science then there's a book called just breathe by dan brule b-r-u-l-e um, that one's just a it's super simple. It's an easy read. It's, it's a small book. It, it's a, one I recommend to kind of general people who just want to learn a little bit about breath work. Um, he just basically covers a lot of different breathing techniques, programs, and kind of gives a little bit of what those techniques are designed for. You know, he goes through Wim Hof method and Pico mm -hmm. method and just kind of all these different methods. So that one's really good. And then there's one that's a little bit deeper that I think is one of the best breathing books out there. It's called The Oxygen Advantage uh, by Patrick McEwen. Mm. That one is really, really good about learning how to optimize your breathing to improve your health, your longevity. Um, the Patrick McEwen is, is a, an advisor to XPT. He's our breathing advisor. Um, that's a phenomenal book, but it's a little bit more dense in science. It's probably a little harder to fully understand for people who don't have an exercise physiology background. Uh, but yep. still a great book. You'll still pick up a lot of good stuff from that. Um, but in terms of stuff to follow along with, we're creating a, an app through XPT where I'm literally, because it doesn't exist. There's not really a good 
system out there for breathing that's just really user friendly and easy to follow. You know, there might be one, but it's just for asthmatics, or there's another one, but it's just for free divers. So we're really creating this holistic breathing uh, program through our app where you'll be able to go in, buy a breathing program, or just follow along with different programs. You can just click the five minute morning routine, click it and I'll guide you through it. You don't have to think about it. You just listen, um, you know, or you click the 20 minute routine, post-workout, pre-workout. We've got routines for like everything and all different time limits. And either me, Laird, Gabby, or a handful of our coaches will, will guide you through it. So that's going to be the most comprehensive thing out there. That's coming out pretty soon. That's awesome. I mean, when you talk about kind of things start up at the top and then trickle down. I mean, that's the breath thing. That's, I picked up a lot of that from like, you know, Tony Robbins talks about it a lot. Uh, I read it in Aubrey Marcus's book where he's talking about six really deep breaths can change your state. And so like some of those things I've been looking into and I think it's, I mean, they really do make a difference whether, you know, cause I get some anxiety sometimes or just general stress, um, you know, whether it's in the morning, you know, before a big day or something like that. So, um, I want to look into that a little bit too. So that's cool. Yeah, I've got some super easy videos too on my YouTube channel or my Instagram page. I, I post a lot of really simple kind of like try this technique before you get on. I have anxiety when I fly or I have claustrophobia. Mm -hmm. So I've created a, f a handful of different techniques and I give them to people. I just say, and I, I give a few beginner tips just to learn to breathe the right way. And then like follow this protocol for three minutes before you're about to give a big speech or, but you know, whenever, anytime you feel your anger rising or kind of whatever issue you're trying to control. And, and we use the really cool thing we do with the ice bath, you know, outside of there, there's, there's a lot of physiological benefits to ice baths from, from recovery to longevity. Uh, there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff that happens in the ice bath. But one of the main reasons we use them at our little three day experiences is we teach people these breathing and then we put them in this situation where it is, an immediate stress response. They're going to get a huge dump of adrenaline and cortisol. Their yeah. respiratory rate's going to increase. Their heart rate's going to increase. They're going to start to panic. Their mind's going to be going crazy. And they're just going to get this huge stress response. And we've just given them the tools to overcome and override that response. And then we allow them to practice in this really safe environment because they're not going to get hurt in there. But it's still you the fear, the like the pain, the anxiety, all of those things are very real. So it's a really, really unique opportunity for them to practice those techniques and then allow those techniques to transcend. Maybe they never do an ice bath for the rest of their life, but they can take those skills that they learned and apply them to before they get on a plane or, you know, whatever that situation is where they need to control their emotional state. That's, that's great. Yeah. We, um, I mentioned I did, I do some Spartan races sometimes and me and three of my buddies signed up for the, uh, the world championships, which were last week or uh, what was it last week, two weeks ago in Tahoe. And we're not competing to win it, but just kind of as a way to push ourselves. And they had one where you get to the top of the mountain in Tahoe and then it's like 40 degree water. And holy shit, I have never felt like that in my lungs and like the panic and I, you, know, you feel like you're going to drown. It's, it's crazy. And you know, I was think, trying to think about the breath, but it's, it's a lot harder when you're put into the situation. So that's cool. A cool exercise that you do. Um, practice for sure. It's a massive shock to the system. The first time you're in there. Crazy. Yeah, man. So I know we're getting a little short on time. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up, but you know, we talked a little bit about your early days, um, you know, pushing through learning from the anti mentors. Um, is there anything that you would tell your 25 year old self that you know now that you wish you knew then? Uh, Probably my 22 year old, 22, 23 year old self, I would tell that you don't know shit. Um, <laughs> you don't know as much as you think you know, because I think everybody, at least in my industry, but I'm sure every 18 to 23 year old thinks they know everything. Uh, yeah. and, and then by the time I was 26 and I really started learning some stuff, I realized that I didn't know anything. And then I've spent the past, I'm 32 now, I've spent the past six years trying to know some stuff. Um, so that's probably something I would tell myself back then. And then, and then probably stay the course. And I think one thing that I don't do well and that I, I need to do well, I actually have a quote written up here on my board. It says, remember when you dreamed about what you currently have. Um, I don't do a good job of stopping to smell the roses. 
and enjoying the process. Uh, I think it blew by me. I was 25 and training, probably 26 training professional athletes, but it was like I was training a handful of NFL guys that were kind of lower level NFL guys, you know, and I, to me, I wanted to be training the Tom Brady's and the Adrian Peterson's. So it wasn't yeah. enough. And then you know, I started training a handful of NHL guys. And then it was like, I needed, it was always the next thing. I always needed the next, the next step. And I never really took the time to look back and say, how many 27 year olds have 15 professional NHL NFL players that are coming to them for training? Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't take the time to appreciate that until I looked back a few years later and was like, man, I, I should have really, uh, appreciate that opportunity a little bit more or, or what I had. So I, I try to remind myself that now, it, you know, maintaining the ambition that I have and never being satisfied, uh, but definitely being uh, appreciating it a little bit more when you're there. Awesome. Love that, man. Remember when you dreamed about what you currently have, um, you know, kind of take that moment and then get back to get back to work after. Um PJ Nestle, you're a hell of a guy. Um, I loved hearing about all of this. Um, some great takeaways for for anyone listening. If you're if you're into fitness or if you're not, if you're just trying to get better at anything, I think these disciplines and, and these um, these lessons can be learned. Uh, can you just take a sec to let us know, um, you know, where we can find more about you, about XPT on social media and the website and everything else you got cooking? Sounds like an app is in the in the works. Yeah, XBT app is coming out pretty soon, so definitely stay on the lookout for that because it'll be really cool. We'll have a lot of really easy stuff to just follow along with. Um, the best places to find me, I, uh, my social media, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, really, YouTube and, and Instagram are the only things I do. I have a Facebook page, but I just kind of post stuff from Instagram. Um, everything on my social media is Coach PJ Nestler. Uh, and then... I do a lot on the XPT page as well. So we, we review research studies that I review like a research study a week and we post them on there and um, everything XPT is just XPT life. So they've got, we have a website, we have a, I think we have a YouTube channel too, but we don't post a ton on there, but we post all of our upcoming events and stuff on the Instagram. So those are the best places to find out is the website. And then uh, the XPT Instagram and my Instagram is where I post a lot of, I just do a lot of stuff that I think will help people. So if I'm sitting here and think, Hey, there's a cool breathing protocol that I think would help people. I know it helped me fall asleep at night. Then I just record a five minute video and I post it up on my Instagram or my, my YouTube and give it out there for people. Awesome. Love it, man. I do follow you on Instagram and, and there is a lot of value there. So check him out folks. Check out XPT. Uh, PJ, appreciate the time and um, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to that episode. Really hope you liked it. Uh, if you did, if you found any value, wherever you're listening to this, uh, please head on over uh, and give it a five-star rating, subscribe, review, whether it's on the iTunes app, whether it's on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, if it's there. Um, really appreciate you. You can find me at tomalamo.com. T-O-M-A-L-A-I-M-O.com for the blog, all the show notes, and Tommy Tahoe uh, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Find me on Facebook. I'm everywhere. So thanks so much. Grateful for you. Have a great week.